You're now listening to Crypto with Kark. No, but it's been a it's been a pretty cool week. Um, yeah, a lot of work done on the smart contracts, um, and so like the the D apps are pretty much complete. Now it's kind of like moving on to from a from a smart contract perspective, like building out the actual like interfaces for the D apps, which I think is really exciting. Um, like actually digging into the the Web three part of it, connecting your wallet, transferring. Um, transferring stuff around um, with arbitrage or the bypass. Um, and I think it gives us a really good foundation just for uh, um, for building tools that make revenue. Like we can we can dream up cool stuff that we feel that other tokens can use um, in the in the space and then just charge for it. And so the sky's really the limit. We're just kind of um, um, anything that we make that other tokens can use that we take a cut on that can go shovel get shoveled into our furnace and totally 100% automated as people use those DApps to send tokens in. Um, I, I think one thing that would actually be, this is me just totally musing. I haven't talked to anybody about this. It'd be super, super cool is um, when we first relaunched, finding an airdrop tool was a pain in the butt um, and it was expensive. And so I think it would be kind of cool too um, to like just look around to see what kind of apps you can build in the ecosystem um, that other tokens and other people can use, and we could just shovel shovel money into the furnace. Um, and this is really cool because we're building monetization and functionality. It's not going to the corporate wallet. It's going to a locked furnace contract that just checks our liquidity and injects the the BNB into the token either via liquidity injection or via buybacks and so i'm just i'm really excited about this type of um, methodology and i don't see any other type of token doing that where they're just grabbing revenue and shoveling it back into the token and yeah um and that will just increase our burn as well and so uh, I, I think it's a winning formula i think that you know sticking to that model and building out more and more functionality um, we're we're going to have a better positive uh, influence, I think, on. Um, well, I got to be careful what I say, uh, but you can you can do your own math to see what that may do to price action. So I can't I can't guarantee anything, but you know, do your own research, not financial advice, all that. But. Cool. Anybody got any questions? Here to field them instead of monologuing. Uh, yeah, I have a question. Uh, will the useless app be listing, uh, for example, like the top 100 coins on Coin Market Cap as well? Um, right now, what we want to do is we want to automate the process of listing through a D app. Um, so that process will actually look um, in a way where people interact with the D app, they pay a fee. And then it will actually generate a contract associated with that particular token. And then they can take that contract address and share it with their community. And then people will then, the utility of useless is that people will send useless to this contract address for that token. And it will boost them in the rankings. Um, alternatively, you can send BNB to the smart contracts and it will purchase useless and pile it into that contract. And so um, eventually these tokens find their way back to the furnace um, where either they're eventually used to um, to be burned or to be paired with BNB and injected into liquidity. Um, that's where the tokens in the contract, uh, the furnace contract will actually come from. Um, so if we were to just automatically go in and list everyone, um, there's pros to that. Uh, we could build, you know, like, maybe the top 15 or something like that. And then that would get people who are um, using those tokens to, you know, by popular demand, they can go in and do that. Could also just have their community submit um, BNB to list those tokens as well. Um, and that that's kind of our direction that I think we're leaning towards is that we don't list anybody out of the gate. We just allow, if their community gives a damn, they'll just pay some They'll, they'll pay a little bit of BNB to get that contract up and running and they'll be listed because it's all automated. Oh, uh, that's actually fantastic and answers another question I had uh, <laughs> entirely. Um, what I, what I uh, meant to ask about though is like for charting purposes, right? 
as the app shows. You, know, uh, you mentioned originally the CoinGecko API and whatnot. Uh-huh. Uh, what coins will the useless app let people browse through? Like, will it show the price of Bitcoin, for example? Uh, can people stop using uh, the horrible other apps on the phone for <laughs> for those? Yeah. Um, so because the price. Yeah, there's pros and cons. Um, so for MVP, we're just doing CoinGecko, which is definitely pros, meaning that you can pull up anything that's listed on CoinGecko, um, including things off of Binance. Um, the downside to that is that if you were to put in a contract address for something that's not listed on CoinGecko, good luck. Um, and so I know a lot of people look at something like PooCoin or Bob Finance or DexGuru, you know, et cetera. And that's reading directly off the blockchain um, in order to determine, you know, they're looking at pancake swap information. Um, it's basically listed on a DEX and CoinGecko may not be aware of it, but you can grab the, the data and, and parse it and graph it. And so MVP wise, um, one of the things that we've been um, evaluating and kind of carefully trying to, to weigh this decision is that we can get to market a lot faster with CoinGecko. We know it's limiting, um, but then we can pivot towards um, reading the data directly off the blockchain. And so I think the answer is ultimately both. I think that we should be able to um, pull listed data off of tokens that aren't just on Binance, but we should also um, uh, be able to read directly contracts that aren't listed on CoinGecko for, for Binance initially. And then later on, I'd like to do that for Ethereum as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I was just wondering if people could check the price of, say, Bitcoin or Ethereum in the morning. Yes. Yes. And there's no no reason to rip out the CoinGecko integration. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you. So by by having a CoinGecko integration, we can do that. Um, Right now, we're listing Bitcoin and Doge, aren't we? I think so. Yeah, um, oh, I was I was hoping Lance was in here. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be very trivial to add at this point if mm-hmm. it's not in there. I, I think Amir was playing around with it. That is exactly what I wanted to hear. Awesome! Like really, yeah. really thorough answer. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Um, one thing to add to that that's kind of in the realm is that we are looking at creating um, when people create um, and list a Binance token. Um, it will create a contract for the listing, which is super cool, right? That's the utility of useless. But it could also create a custom swapper contract for that token that would show up as like a, um, as something we eventually would like to like integrate into like a wallet. Uh, but we could just show a QR code or we could have a copyable swapper contract address to where people can just send BNB to that address and use the app as a definitive um, a point of truth that that swapper contract is accurate. And so if they were to send BNB to that swapper contract, they would expect to receive tokens in return from the Binance chain. And what's also cool about that is because we're building that own swapper contract, we can take a fee. So we could list a bunch of tokens and then if they go in and look at the chart, we could have a buy with swapper function, right? And with instructions and all that. But just basically, here's your swapper address, send BNB to here. And then people send BNB, it purchases the tokens, but a, a percentage fee goes to us. And so if they want to buy on PancakeSwap, by all means, they can do that. But it would be really super cool um, for us to literally make money off of people buying off the swapper contracts that we set up for these listings. And that, that can end up being a lot of revenue um, if the, uh, the app really starts getting a lot of momentum and takes off. Even more exciting is down the road, um, assuming, uh, I think in the roadmap, eventually we'd want to have the app have a wallet associated with it. We could um, do purchasing directly from the app with a small fee. And that would... Um, just replace the uh, the bypass contracts entirely. I mean, we could still keep them out there. They could still be floating around for communities to use. But um, just being able to just do that directly from the app would be 
would be kind of big. And I know people have different wallets too, so they may still want to use those swapper contracts for like MetaMask and other things that aren't explicitly their wallet. That was a that was a lot of future information and uh, think tank stuff that you know I just kind of dumped on y'all. But um, that's kind of that's where our head headspace is right now. Is uh, we're all, always thinking about how to monetize these things to shovel BNB into our furnace, which can only benefit our token. Yeah, that that was a lot of future information right there. Lot to unpack, but uh, no, uh, Kark hit it right on the, the head. Like that—that's really the direction that we're going. Um, we're going to want to get a lot of these features and feedback from you guys. Uh, we want to know what's most important to you, what you really want to see, what you don't want to see, um, things that we can take from your experience. I think all that's going to be useful for us. Any other questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, accolades? Well, I personally loved it, so I'm good. <laughs> how, yeah, how, how about like our next exchanges? Um, our next exchanges, that's a good question. Because um, we were looking at Coinsbit, um, but then we, I think we were concerned a little bit about fake volume. Yeah. Um, so um, I'd say to... Uh, to be decided still we're we're still evaluating but once once we're listed on probit then we're going to throw up another fundraiser for the next one um and we're just really trying to do our due diligence that if we do work with an exchange that there's someone that we want to have a good relationship with someone that we do want a partnership with someone who um treats arbitrage fairly um and, and communicates well and all that kind of stuff. And so I think uh, Probit, frankly, put a little bit of a sour taste in our mouth. You know, I mean, I don't want to disparage them publicly, but um, I think that it goes to show that when we're vetting, when we're vetting exchanges now, um, I think we just added a few things to our checklist and criteria as we're uh, as we're ranking these. But yeah, I'll tell you what, when uh, we figure out what the next one is, um, that's that's probably when we'll announce the fundraiser for it um, uh, after we go live on Probit, of course. So, you know, um, yeah, we'll figure it out and then we'll announce it when um, when Probit goes live. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, we have someone asking questions in voice text. If you sure. want to address them. Yeah, one second. How is marketing going for the token to get more people on board? So two packs couldn't be with us here today because um, uh, she had a, a date day. So she's out and about doing personal things. So um, it would be probably better for her to address all the marketing pieces that are happening. Um, actually, uh, if someone else can kind of. It, yeah, if someone else can kind of take that who's here in the channel. Because I've been kind of hands off a little bit on marketing. Um, so I've been I've been really really focused down on the uh, on the application side of things this week. Um, so in our uh, in our leadership channel, we always have a flurry of marketing stuff happening and going on. Um, I just I, I feel like it would be best spoken by Jackie to say that. But please, someone else step in because I've been, like I said, my, I've had blinders on this week. So, unfortunately, I've been in that boat too. Okay. Uh, any of our marketing peeps in here? I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you a few things. So, I have, um, uh, I have a, a, I guess a, a. I'd want to say a, a lecture, I guess. Um, I'm going to be presenting at a conference here, a virtual conference, um, shortly. And so that's something that would be announced um, in the future. That's one of the things we're working on. Um, the useless university stuff, uh, obviously, that's uh, huge that I mentioned in the stream. 
um, that, that Jackie has put together as part of our marketing efforts. Ads are back on. Um, we had a little bit of uh, a fundraising squeeze just because uh, um, how the chart action has been. Um, but ads are back on, so we're, we're doing ads again. Um, they were down for a little bit. Um, if you are ever interested in donating to our ad wallet, let me know. Um, that is always really, really helpful because ads out there, um, they're not huge ROI, but they are ROI. Um, and so if you want to throw some money at some ads, um, it'd be really super beneficial and helpful to us. So we have all that, all that stuff set up. It's just the campaigns don't run occasionally when we exhaust some of our BNB in that marketing wallet. Um, and there's there's a lot of irons in the fire. Like I said, I, I don't want to give the impression that there's not anything happening in marketing. It's just literally so hard to keep up with all the action that's happening in the channel. Like I could spend hours a day just trying to catch up and read on it. So, um, so, so tell you what, I will circle back with you when Jackie comes back to give you a, a little bit more thorough answer. Because I know stuff's happening. It's just, I, I apologize. I've just been so in the weeds this week that I feel like I can't give that uh, a fully adequate answer. We do have some more questions coming in the voice text. Cool. Um, Yusuf says, I have a question, but not sure my mic is working. Just a quick one. Will the beta for the app be available on Google Play when it goes live, not just a downloadable APK? Um, Lance, can you answer this? Yeah, definitely. Um, the answer is absolutely yes. Uh, we will launch it in the beta in the, in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. So it will be available for download in beta. Um, greetings from Michigan says, is it better for us to donate to next listing or to advertising? Do you need funds for the work on revenue generating stuff, the D apps and app? Uh, to the latter part of that is we don't need funds for revenue generating stuff, D apps and app. Um, we kind of got that covered cause that's just kind of blood, sweat, tears, energy, effort, time, you know, away from spouse and life and kids and family. Um, but, uh, when it comes to, um, the rest, um, like uh, listings and advertisings and things like that. Um, what we'll do is uh, when we put up, I, I'd say um, when we do fundraisers, that's kind of how we're going to prioritize things. And so right now we haven't had a fundraiser out there because we want to demonstrate to the community that we had a fundraiser. We raised 25,000 and I, I just can't in good conscience create another fundraiser until the first fundraiser comes to fruition. I know it sounds really silly, but it's really important to me um, that we build trust in our fundraising process. And if we just do a fundraiser and then you don't see anything from it, I feel that puts us in, um, in, a, in a tight spot. And I, I don't like that because people will be like, well, what about the $25,000 fundraiser for ProBit? You're now on fundraiser six, right? And I, I just, I don't want to do that. I feel um, it's the ethical and the right thing to do is to, to raise and then go. I think as we start to build that trust, I think that we can um, speed it up a little bit. I think that maybe we could have like two irons in the fire or three irons in the fire and keep really close tabs on those. Um, so I, I, but for our first fundraising venture, um, to me, it was just very important that we get listed first before we start our next one. In the meantime, um, while we're waiting, if you want to donate to advertising, it will help us. Uh, but it's not an official fundraiser. You do that out of the kindness of your heart. Um, will the app have premium functions that use, for example, useless tokens to be available? Um, right now, um, so that, that's actually a good question because we are talking about like potentially a freemium model. Uh, we look to Robinhood a lot to how we're designing and developing the app um, because, well, for one, the success of Robinhood in disrupting um, the traditional um, stock broker, uh, the traditional broker space that you saw. Um, and part of Robinhood's success is that it was a free app and free trades. However, Robinhood does have premium features that you can pay for. 
Um, and so I don't think that um, out of the gate, it's always going to be a free app. So the useless app is always going to be free. Um, you can use it and get your base functionality out of that. However, for more serious crypto traders that want more advanced functionality, we can justify expending time, energy, resources, building out features that could incentivize people to go to premium functions. So, yeah, I think it's within the realm of, function, uh, of possibility to say, yes, we are building these premium functions. And the justification and the reasoning for it is so that... Um, it, it could incentivize people to pay in a way for those premium features that help the token directly because we don't want money to pass through the corporation. This is a, uh, yes, we have a corporation, but the corporation isn't there to rake in money like it was originally envisioned. The corporation is there as a form of internal governance. So um, our goal in all of these monetization efforts is that it's decentralized, trackable, traceable monetization efforts that go directly into our furnace, which you can prove and audit and demonstrably show that all that revenue is going directly back in injected into the token. Any other questions? I think that is mind blowing. Pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. I think um, we're a little bit of a sleeper, to be honest with you. That's my opinion. Um, is that people from the very get go, people haven't taken us seriously. Um, and I remember when we first joined the DeFi Alliance, uh, we were kind of like the, you know, it was, it was sort of like here's a DeFi Alliance and useless, ha 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 ha. Right. And then now I think we've been kind of like the um, the black horse in this race, right? Um, where we're a little bit of a sleeper. And um, and once people really pull back the curtain and see what we're really up to um, and some of the incredible talent that we have on our team, we don't advertise, for example, that SafeMoon Mark is our chief blockchain officer. The reason we don't do that is because um, out of respect for SafeMoon, who employs him. Technically, Mark worked for us first, <laughs> so, um, but but we we don't want to get him fired, right? We don't want to like show that, right? Um, and so we have incredible talent on our team that's doing incredible stuff. Um, like look at look at Jackie and her work, right, and her marketing background and the amazing stuff that she's doing, right? I couldn't ask for a better marketing director. Um, I look at Mark obviously, and that's a that's a no brainer, right? The guy is absolutely brilliant when it comes to blockchain. Um, and he can poop out smart contracts in a night like he did with Surge, right? He came to me at lunchtime and had a working contract by nine o'clock at night, you know? Um, and that's the type of talent that's on this team. Um, and then you look at someone like Lance, who is a master when it comes to infrastructure. He's an AWS solutions architect, right? And so we're, we're setting up real applications. Amir, who is our front-end architect, who's building out you know, all of these amazing functionality in the app. We're building real things, right? Uh, we're launching real things. And we're going to have a real beta out, right, in a, in a relatively short period of time. And so, you know, it's cool. And I want to prove it to people that we can build apps, that we can build these systems, that we can build these networks. And it's coming, right? I have full faith and confidence now. It's not like, oh, if we do this, then this will be great. It's like, it's coming. And people are psyched and they're motivated and they're working hard. And so to me, um, again, not financial advice, but just just in terms of like what I see and what I feel, my sentiments are like through the roof excited about where this is going. Um, I think we're going to have a really solid product. I think we're going to have um, a really solid ecosystem of really cool D apps. And I'm very excited to see this engine turn on and we're turning it on this week. Super cool. Um, any any follow up on that? Sorry, before I move on to anything else. Uh, would you say that people were at first calling the project useless? Yeah, we were. <laughs> when we first when we first started full full transparency, right? The whole reason um, when I first found this token and saw the countdown, and I was excited to buy it, was because I saw the potential in it as sort of like a, a meme coin, right? 
I was like, oh, this would be really funny to see like useless on a chart somewhere, right? And it kind of started that way. It, it was really, yeah. And I, I was wrapped in by the, I was enamored by the site and kind of like the, uh, you know, the the snarky, the witty, you know, don't give a crap attitude of it. Um, and then it's it's progressed. It's changed. It's changed in a good way. It's gotten more serious, but we've never forgotten where we've come from, and we've never forgotten our tone. We're always going to be that token that is a bit snarky and carefree and doesn't give a crap, right? Um, but we're going to have a, a much more stronger veneer of professionalism. And we started, um, and we're pushed in that direction for a lot of really good reasons, right? One being that the SEC demands that for you not to be classified as a security, you have to have a utility. <laughs> so we had to create a utility. Um, and you know, there was a little bit of kicking and screaming on that, but I mean, that's a really good reason to pivot is to avoid jail, you know? Um, so there we go. We pivoted away a little bit from what useless is, but we feel all our pivots were really in the spirit of what useless actually was from the very beginning. And we really tried to keep that spirit alive. We know that when things become corporatized, that it could lose its fun. And we're, we're just really sensitive to that. Uh, I'm going to answer some questions here. Um, what if the app flops or things don't work out as you guys hope for? Still get it to the project even after years. Yeah, um, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, there are many, many, many examples of um, apps going out and flopping. And one of the things I learned about, in a, you know, it's a startup mentality, right, is that success always um, sometimes precedes failure. Um, and that's that's OK, right? Um, if if we were to have a situation where we were to release the app and it were a flop, then we would figure out, we would do our best to figure out why and iterate off of that. Um, and so um, that's why we're doing a closed beta first. And so we want to really gather feedback, validate from people whether they like the direction we're going in or not. And if the closed beta is not a success, then it is back to the drawing board a little bit where we iterate off of what we've built and change it into what people are actually looking for. A lot of companies imagine or suppose or just dream up what they think users want, and then when it's put in the user's hands, it's not what they want. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that risk. I, I agree with you. Um, and so there is contingencies that if the app does flop, what's next, right? Well, it's about diversification of revenue streams. So there's a lot of different revenue streams that we're looking at, one of which is the app and the listings for it, certainly. There's also all the DApp opportunities that we have the ability to build and the ability to gain revenue off of. So by diversifying our revenue streams, then we hope that even if one or two of these is a flop, that we can still, um, due to that diversification, pivot and recover based off of uh, doing our best to pre-validate, um, which I think is really important, that you pre-validate people's opinions, that you look to see what people want before you build it. And I feel like we've really done our due diligence with the app, that we've really tried our best to validate that this is what people want, that they want an app that's simple, it's easy to use, it shows all their favorited tokens, and allows for them to just um, not have to go to some random weird website and, you know, do an interpretive dance with their fingers um, and pinch and squeeze to try to see what the hell is going on with their tokens and have no idea as to how that actually ties in with what they've purchased uh, or what they sold. And so to have a bird's eye view of your entire portfolio, to be able to see all your favorite tokens at your fingertips. And then eventually the ability to purchase directly from your wallet just by sending BNB to these smart contracts, we feel like that's a winning formula. Um, have you decided on a point in which you'll consider useless finished? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I've had this asked before, and my answer was, is it's like asking a startup CEO when they're going to retire. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, that's, that's obviously up in the air on how things progress, how things work out. And so um, my opinion is that useless is never going to be finished. Useless, I think, should always be refined and worked on and maintained because um, there's, there's a lot going for it. Uh, I think that there may be individuals that move on to different projects. 
right? Um, eventually, someday, I may move on. I don't know. I'm not saying I am. But, like, I can't preclude what's going to happen in the future, especially if you were to find someone to, like, put in good hands, right? Um, but at the end of the day, this project is more than one individual. It's more than one person. Um, it's about trying to make crypto accessible um, and easy to use for the every man, every woman. Um, and and so that's our goal. That's what we hope to accomplish. And if if we can if we can accomplish some of that, I would consider it to be a success. But uh, I think that you should know that we're never abandoning this project. We're never just getting up and going away. This is something that should be generating revenue. Um, in my hope, in, per in perpetuity. Can I just quickly interject on that question? Because I really enjoyed thinking about it. Um, yeah. Is the, the like to, the, to me the absolute beauty of useless is the fact that you know we're not an app token, we're not an NFT marketplace token, we're not a you know whatever singular utility or use case you can think of token. Useless is a sort of the ultimate hyper hyper deflationary buyback token. So. The beauty of it is, to me, is that there are just so many incredible, incredible, incredible things we can possibly do to the benefit of all of the token holders. For example, the idea that I was absolutely fangirling over a couple of days ago in the main chat is having not only our merch store, but perhaps developing an infrastructure through which you can buy everyday goods and useless. It was started in the US, it was started in certain states. Just buying everyday goods like, you know, like toilet paper, deodorant, soap, etc., etc. How good would it feel knowing that your purchase of this will directly impact your investment and investment of everybody else? I think this is absolutely unique. And the point is that, as Kark said, the amount of talent we have on the team, I, I believe, is insane. Like the stars just aligned in an absolutely magical way, at least from my point. And what we also have that perhaps not other tokens that are limited to a single use case have is that we have no um, we have no deficit of imagination. Just the sort of ideas that come out every single day on the on the leadership chat, and you know, not not only from Cox and Mark's uh, chats where they you know just say one thing and then as Clark said, Mark poops out a contract in a couple of hours. But Jerry, there's a lot of ideation going on and answering the question in from my perspective at least, if it's worth anything, when is useless going to be finished? I sincerely hope it's not going to be ever finished. Because the beautiful example that I sort of look at, and you can have any views on on this company, um, like regardless of what they do, is Amazon. Just look at Amazon. They started off as a as a bookshop, as an online bookstore. Now they do also think they like not only, not only do they sell literally everything on the planet. They do AI. They even have a uh, they have physical stores. They do medicine. Uh, they even do a hair salon. Like it's just a question of how much, how many resources we have, and how much imagination we have. Which is to me again the beauty of useless. Yeah. Apologies for the little rant, but just wanted to. Uh, give a little bit of view from my uh, no, from no, thanks. I'm glad I'm not monologuing. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Um, I, I do have a question I want to address. Um, does the app beta have ad integration? And so, um, or will it soon? Uh, quote, I recall ads were once planned revenue source, right? Okay, um, so we we talked about this, um, and I, we made sort of a, a tentative preliminary decision. I mean, obviously, this could change, but I don't want it to, um, that we should not have traditional ads inside the app. Um, instead, uh, we were looking at the possibility of having um, a promoted slot where it looks like it's more just integrated into the app where people pay um, to promote their tokens in a smaller list um, in, a, in a particular area that's kind of sequestered that is, you know, obviously promoted tokens. Um, but doesn't give the impression that it's like flashy manner ads, things like that. And so um, I feel that that's um, a much better user, cleaner, uh, a much cleaner, better user experience than just blasting, flashing, you know, 
by Elon come ever rise, you know, or whatever. Um, instead, it's like, just here are these promoted tokens. Here's what um, people have paid to kind of bump up on this list. Uh, is the furnace and swapper waiting for X surge? You know, that's okay. You got my brain thinking. Um, <laughs> it would be really cool to have um, the ability to do a swapper that instead of just um, purchases the token outright in the BNB liquidity pool, that it would use BNB um, to purchase uh, <laughs> X surge and then and then um, and then put it into the X surge liquidity pool. I it's just a thought. Um, but but no, I think that uh, the swapper is not specifically waiting for for X surge. Um, it's part of our planned ecosystem. We do want to have liquidity, um, Xurge liquidity as an experiment and test to see how that goes. And the result of that will likely um, be that uh, it would be a source of stability in our an additional source of stability in our price. Um, but again, it would be an experiment. I'm very curious and excited to see what an Xurge liquidity pool would do. Um, because right now, uh, Surge is growing at a. Um, it, it's again, it's a it's a financial instrument that provides a more long term steady yield compared to other tokens, and so that's perfect in my mind for a liquidity pool because you could have your liquidity pool value increase slowly over time. That would uh, do have the exact same price effect on the token itself. But you still, yeah, you still want to have a BNB liquidity pool. Sorry, Lance. I was going to say the other point to add to that is it also would auto lock our LP. Yes. That, that is huge as well. Good point. Um, cool. I, I like that you guys are putting um, questions in voice text. It makes it easy for me. Cool. I think I think no more. Side note: uh, I thank you for all of the wonderful notes regarding my voice. I really appreciate it. <laughs> you do have an incredible voice. Thank you. Thank you. You should you should narrate a book. I'd I would listen to it. I won't even pay attention to what's being said. I would just soak in the the words, the sound of the words, even. Uh, yeah. Any other questions? Uh, we're we're here to you know be open and transparent about the uh, about what we're working on, and so this is your chance. Throw it out there if you got a question. Yeah, I actually I actually wanted. I saw a comment from Greetings from Michigan that kind of got me thinking as well. And I wanted to get your view on it as a CEO and all of the man, all, all of the management people that we have on here as well. Um, the comment is: I think there needs to be a way for devs and directors to get rewarded so they stay committed to the success of Houston's. That's an interesting. I really, uh, I, I would really like to hear your thoughts on that. So, if we were ever to provide um, profits to the corporation that would go towards like salaries and things like that, I don't think that there would be a revolt. But at this stage, I think there would be, just because there's not a lot of. Um, I mean, we're not a billion dollar token, right? A billion dollar market cap. I would like to see. Um, at least my philosophy on this is that the token itself and the ecosystem around the token should be decentralized. Um, and the revenue that goes through that whole engine should be decentralized. Um, however, down the road, I don't think that doesn't mean that we can't come up with a company as a way to provide utility. Um, that means that as a company that we get paid um, and we wouldn't be able to cycle that back into the token. Um, due to SEC reasons and all that, um, so we would have to we would have to spend it on something, and it could be it could be marketing, um, it could be um, listing things, or it could be audits or all that kind of stuff that typically money goes to for a token. Um, so if we're able, to, I mean, yeah, I'd love to be able to quit my day job. I work a nine to five. Um, a lot of people who are in here work nine to fives. They do this because it's a passion and a hobby. They're putting a lot of time and energy on this. Um, outside of their normal day job to make this successful. Um, so I, I think that if we if we came up with some sort of compensation thing, 
The one thing that I will say is it needs to be transparent. If people are getting paid, you need to know about it. And you need to know about where the money's coming from. And you need to know um, that it is not being mixed in with the operation of the token. Um, I'm saying that from just a, that's the right thing to do. It's the ethical thing to do. Um, could we get away with not doing that? Absolutely. But that's not anything that I'd want to mess with. And so if we were to have the corporation pay for salaries and things like that, you would know exactly where that money's coming from and to know that it's based off of ventures tangential to the token, but not part of the ecosystem of the token itself. Uh, White Rabbit says, what's the five-year plan? Uh, what's the end game? Um, so I love these type of questions um, because when you're working with something that's pretty much like a startup, which is what we are, we're thinking about ways to monetize. We're thinking about opportunities as we see them. Um, I think it's great to have a long-term plan. Like imagine that you are you're a high schooler and you're like, I'm going to be a dentist, right? Well, you can go to college and be like, I'm going to be a dentist. And then you can like work hard and then you get into like dental school and you're going to be like, I'm going to be a dentist. And then you become a dentist. How often does that happen, right? We're high schoolers right now figuring out what we want to do with our lives. And so, yeah, I can say in five years, I'm going to be a dentist. Right. This startup's going to be doing a particular thing in a particular way. Um, but I do think and I think it's good to have a long term vision and a long term plan on where you want to go. But there are so many, so many off ramps on that highway towards that shining city. Right. Of being a dentist. <laughs> yes, we're not literally high schoolers. That was an analogy. <laughs> but uh, but. I, again, I can't see five years is so far down the road that we don't know um, where we want to be in terms of specifics. Now, what I can tell you is more of a broad term vision of where we want to be. And so my goal is that we are able to change and innovate the space of DeFi. I want to be able to make banks obsolete. I want to make it so that we don't have a centralized credit system. I want to make sure so we don't have a centralized lending system, right? I mean, these are all little pieces and facets of a whole, and maybe it's useless to how we get there. Maybe it's other paths that we take, right? Um, but the whole goal and the vision of this is that we are building and innovating the space of DeFi. And so, yes, we're building a token. Yes, we want to build value. Yes, we want to like help build out this infrastructure and ecosystem. But long-term vision, that shining city on a hill of where I want to eventually get towards, even though we may take a lot of off-ramps, you know, and um, have some parties to get there and, you know, explore some, some rabbit holes. Um, the end of the day, I want to be able to help change the face of DeFi. I want to be able to move us towards more decentralization and away from fiat currency, away from centralized banking, right? That's the goal. That's the vision. And getting people on a platform where they understand how crypto works and to be able to participate on that platform, I think, is a, is a critical piece to that puzzle. Um, I missed a question. Uh, the furnace, is it, uh, is it small amounts that are burned or large numbers? Um, so how it works is, um, actually, I need specifics from um, Mark on this one. Uh, we have a threshold. I can't remember what that threshold is, uh, to be honest with you. But every time BNB is shoveled into the furnace, it checks to see if it meets a particular threshold. Um, so obviously, if we were to send in like 0.0001 BNB, it would be silly to trigger a bunch of expensive functions that would then swap things around and add liquidity and all that kind of stuff, right? And so what we want to do is we want to ratchet. We want to like have BNB put into the furnace and when it hits a certain threshold, then it triggers these actions. So um, I can get back, circle back to you on what um, that value, that threshold is. I think it's probably like five BNB or um, something like that, where um, once you hit that threshold, then it's going to perform those liquidity or buyback type operations. Yeah, it holds and pushes through. That's that's 100% accurate. 
Any other any other questions? I think there was one um, ages ago. I, I I can't remember who exactly it was by uh, regarding marketing. You know, we have uh, so, so, uh, so uh, regarding marketing plans and what we can do. I don't think we have. I, I did address that by not answering it oh, by yeah. saying two packs isn't here and to circle back. But if you have anything to add on marketing, please please do because I've been so heads down. And marketing's been humming, but I haven't been paying a ton of attention to it because it's in Jackie's capable hands. So if you have anything to add on marketing, Jellyfish, I'll take it. Uh, yeah, just just a quick few side notes regarding this. Because obviously, obviously, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, say something that Jackie might not believe in or might not agree with. But sort of from my point of view, and what we've been discussing with Jackie is that. Um, yes, we need to push a little bit harder marketing. We are aware of that because we've been sort of, especially for the past, I think, week or two weeks, we've been going a little bit slower, even though we had a couple of uh, AMAs and we, and we did really well on shilling, which is, by the way, guys, fucking absolutely amazing. We're like trending top tens easily. So thanks. Uh, thank you to everyone for that. But regarding marketing, I, uh, our, uh, the fact that we need to go harder marketing is something we're completely aware of and we do have this always sort of on the back of our minds with everything we do, because the way I personally see it is until we have, um, and, and until we have a working app, um, marketing is sort of what keeps us alive. Because obviously we can't just you know uh, we can't come to you guys and say, look, <laughs> the app the app is taking another week, the app is taking another two weeks. Here you go, just sit and wait. Because obviously, obviously people get bored. Obviously, people look for other opportunities. We all, we always need to consider opportunity costs, etc. So just to keep, you know, just to keep things interesting, just to keep holders coming. And I think we had very good holder growth over the past week. We gained something like two hundred or something, which is pretty, pretty nice. And um, this is something we're completely aware of. And we are planning on a very big marketing push when the app comes out. Um, you know, because this is this is our sort of first flagship project as i personally like to say because again we're gonna have a lot of projects and this is sort of our main one that we're working on right now and uh yeah so to finalize my answer to this question uh, pushing marketing is something we're completely uh, aware of and we really want to do because again uh, as i as i always say in the main chat and i strongly believe the key metric for us isn't the price isn't the chart isn't the price action is the number of holders and the number of users on a discord and telegram because all of you guys are going to be the ones testing out the better, uh, 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 testing out the uh, uh, bait test of the app, uh, telling their friends sort of this is going to be our main word of mouth marketing. And I think it's safe to say this for everyone. So again, I don't, I don't want to put any words in uh, Jackie's mouth without her being here. But uh, yeah, this is something we're definitely aware of, and we are considering sort of further budgeting, further fundraising, et cetera. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, I want to address this from White Rabbit. Um, so he said something like, um, perhaps for saying direction, let's eventually end up going in circles, dying in scurvy. Um, and it sounds as if the short-term plan is to accumulate holders, popularize a token, add value to it, and accumulate net worth than something. Okay, I want to address that directly because I said this time and time again, that this is not about accumulating holders. This is not about popularizing the token. We are a startup. We have a startup mentality, right? And the whole purpose and the whole way this ecosystem works is that we are a startup hungry for monetization. And any way that we can monetize, that gets injected directly back into the token. So we're building an app not because we want to attract holders. We're building an app to monetize. Right, we're not building dApps so that we can like, like float around in, in crypto and be like, look at us, we built a thing. Right, we're doing this to monetize. So everything that we're doing is about monetization, which gets directly injected back into the token via our furnace as liquidity injection or buyback. So if we have no more holders, right? Then the people who are current holders are going to have a much better time as revenue from all of these operations are shoveled into the furnace and gets injected back into the token. So the goal is not about accumulating holders. The goal is about monetizing. And the philosophy behind this is that 
as that happens, then that should also help build a community that should also help attract attention to the token. Um, so it will be a yin-yang. Um, but at the end of the day, we're not like typical tokens that are just hungry and relying on the greater fool theory of having people buy in and hoping that other people buy in after them, right? It's actually building things that generate revenue. That is our goal. So it's like asking Robinhood, what's your end game? It's to make money. Every corporation's um, goal at the end of the day is to make money, to make profit for its shareholders, right? And we don't have shareholders here per se. You know, the SEC would come down on me um, very hard if I were to say that. Um, but you can draw some analogs, right? Um, that, you know, obviously there's, uh, uh, well, I can't go out and quite say it. Um, but if you were to hold this token and there were to be lots and lots of revenue generated from these apps, you, you could indirectly benefit from that. So I personally am not super worried about blowing up holder-wise. What I'm really super worried about and conscientious towards is that we build products that don't suck, that we build things that we truly can monetize. And if we can accomplish the monetization aspect of it, then um, the rest will fall into place. Uh, even modest startups require working capital. Without VCs or angels, you're going to have to accumulate net worth at some point. I mean, that's fair. Um, at the same time, you could start a partnership with, uh, you know, uh, providing law by getting people who've had years of experience in practicing law. And so by assembling a team of, we have now more than 10 senior level software engineers, we can build products. Right. And we can build them quickly. And so, um, yeah, if we were to have everyone quit their jobs and work on this, it would go a lot faster. Um, but based off of what we were able to accomplish so far in the time that we had, I do have confidence that we will be able to release our React Native app that compiles down to iOS and uh, native iOS and native Android and web um, here um, in, a, in a timely manner. So. Yeah, um, you don't have to have VCs or angels, right? Um, it definitely and certainly helps in a traditional business sense. However, uh, there are also a lot of companies that have bootstrapped themselves um, and startups that have done that successfully. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah, just just through an, another interlude from my behalf in terms of the working capital, I think the way, the way you use us have been approached as a company in general is through active through activist angels i would say because we're, we had this community we have this community drew and token and then we had the whales who who invested the most obviously getting actively involved in the project so in terms of working capital i don't think that's going to be an issue for us until way down the road where again we need to have some um help where perhaps we need to have a uh, regulations department perhaps we need a more um, full-time team on certain aspects. At the moment, this isn't the big issue right now. Um, so yeah, I, do, I, I don't, I don't think venture capital or angel funds sort of working capital is required for us because, again, not to get anybody in trouble with the SEC because we need to be very particular with the words we use. Um, but in terms of, in terms of working capital, in terms of people. We already have these angels who are essentially us. We invested money into this project and are actively interested in um, multiplying this money. And again, through the fact that we're burning all of our profits that any of our projects churn out, we are even more invested into generating revenue and into increasing the price for all the, for all of the token holders. Because again, I said uh, I said this many times, and I'll say it again. None of the whales or the leadership team can succeed without everybody else succeeding with us. Because we do, we don't get a salary, and perhaps again, as Clark said, this may be something down the road. You know, when we have, uh, you, know, you know, when we're like a billion dollar market cap, two billion dollar market cap. I think it would be uh, a good opportunity then to reach out for VC. Um, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, because I I look at what SafeMoon's doing and the situation that they're in. They have a billion dollar market cap. It would make sense for them to approach VC and be like, "Look, we have this token backing. We want to turn this into a real billion dollar corporation 
right, that is tangentially associated with this token. And they could do that, but they haven't. They chose not to. They, they're still really quite a small organization, and they're, they're kind of sticking more to like a contractor-like relationship and things like that. Trust me, I know. I applied. I tried to work there, right? Um, and so it's, it's just that's not how they're structured. That's not how they're thinking. And I think further down the road, if we did want it to go down the path of uh, turning the company into a larger entity, well, for one, it wouldn't be off the backs of the token holders. That's for sure. It would probably be building infrastructure pieces or more high-level meta type of services um, that are more associated towards DeFi as a whole. If that's the case and we show traction in our products, um, and I think that's super important for VC funding, is that we come to them with demonstrable results. We show that we can have traction. We show that we can have deliverables. We show that we have the right team. Then we could get VC funding and literally have everyone quit their jobs and have two years runway. I would love that. I would love that. Um, but right now is not, we need to prove ourselves first for any VCs to take us seriously. And I've always been a little bit uh, skeptical for VCs just because um, in my mind, a lot of the ones that I've been kind of um, you know, rubbing shoulders with have uh, in my startup ventures have always seemed a little parasitic um, and very control hungry. They don't trust anybody that they go into. I'd much rather be in a situation um, in order to uh, to choose our VC partners um, as opposed to um, being desperately looking for one. And so plan A is always bootstrapping and gaining the traction ourselves and not having to have the need of VC. Um, but plan B would be that we're in a really great position to leverage finding the right VC partner and using it to rocket ship where we need to go um, as more of an option to speed things up as opposed to um, something we need to rely on. Also, White Rabbit, just, just a quick comment. Please, 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 and everyone here and everybody in the community never feel the need to apologize for even for for criticizing, for saying something, and by no means are any of us going to take it to an offense. And I would even strongly encourage anybody to come out and criticize us as much as possible what we do and question our decisions, question everything we do. Because again, this is an amazing opportunity because as a leadership team and, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure everybody can relate to this who's led a team or anything. You can get sort of, you can get a tunnel vision. You can start ignoring these blind spots that other people from the outside may see. Yeah. So, and why rabbit? Like, yeah, I've seen you, like, I've, I've seen you asking very legitimate, very good questions for a while now in the main chat. And I re I personally really, really, really appreciate that from you. So please please, please feel free to, uh, going forward to criticize and you can DM any of us, you can put in the main chat, whatever you're most comfortable with, as long as it's not sort of stupid FUD that we can get in terms of. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't expect that from you. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to say this, not, not, not towards my oh, rep, I'm just saying just in general, as long as somebody doesn't come in to the main chat, just spotting and being, oh, this is a scam, blah, 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 everybody sell to the two, and giving no reason whatsoever. I, I don't have, I personally, I don't know, none of us in the team have any issues with that, and we actually welcome because, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's amazing. I think that the best way we can actually, um, we can look at our blind spots that we may not be necessarily noticing when we're sort of, you know, in the zone and working on these projects and everything. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another Sunday. No, and, and just to, to kind of add on to that is that I've seen tokens that operate in a cult-like atmosphere where everyone's like rallying behind them and they ban any dissent and any anybody and anybody, anybody and anything that gets brought up against the hive mind gets shouted down. And that creates a really dangerous precedent where you're not operating in the confines of reality. And so um, obviously there's the difference between FUD and constructive um, commentary. And so... Yeah, absolutely welcome constructive commentary because we we need to have doses of reality. We need to have the ship corrected if we're veering off course. And um, I think a lot of people fall into that trap of um, getting so caught up in their hubris, their ego, um, that they can that they're doing things the right way, and they're heading towards the icebergs, right? 
and everyone's shouting the alarm or anyone who's shouting the alarm gets thrown overboard, you know, and that's not cool. That's not what we want to be. Um, so, yeah, by by all means, um, if you have any questions or concerns or how we're operating things right, you know, shoot me a DM. I'll talk to you or I'll cop on the voice comments with you, because, you know, to me, I am very vested in the success of this project, even if that means that I have to eat crow from time to time. Any other questions? I think it's uh, it's dying down. So I may, um, I may just pop off here if nobody else has any other questions. I swear to God, if anybody has the nerve to ask when probit, I'm going to flip. <laughs> <laughs> I already addressed that. <laughs> when? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you. I'm going to head off. Um, my my wife is desirous that I, uh, I return back um, and spend time with the family. And so... Um, anyway, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you being part of this community. Thanks for your faith and your trust in us. We want to build something um, that helps DeFi, that helps you guys, um, makes uh, the world just a little bit better place. So appreciate you. Um, shoot me a DM if you have any um, thoughts, ideas, whatever. I'm super approachable. I do get a lot of DMs, so if you don't hear back from me immediately, just bump me. Just, just send another DM and be like, hey. <laughs> I won't take offense. So, or you can just say bump or whatever, and it'll it'll pop to the top of my DM list, and I'll I'll be reminded to um, to respond to it. Yeah, thank you so much for answering our questions. Yeah, thanks for being here. All right, take care, guys. Bye bye.